Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre. Back in the co-host chair again, which means I must have done something right. Tony Kornheiser, and you know, Pablo, the greatest ability is availability. And what you've done right oh, wow. is you're available. Yeah. I am here. Oh, look. I am early. Always early for you. You're my first choice. You're, uh, when Mike doesn't want to do the show, you're my first choice. What a, all what the a time bench to point. warm. What a bench. Now, well, it's, yes, it's a 21 year <laughs> bench. Welcome to PTI, <laughs> boys and girls. Wilbon is off today, so here to pick up his slack is our great friend, the host of the ESPN Daily Podcast, my godson and my grandson, Mr. Pablo Torre. <laughs> eh, that could have been stronger. Yeah, and we begin great. today with disappointing news from Wimbledon, where Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from tomorrow's semifinal match against Nick Kyrgios. Nadal is going for the calendar Grand Slam, but has been hampered by what's reported to be a seven-millimeter tear in his abdomen. The pain was bad enough in yesterday's win over American Taylor Fritz that Nadal's own father was urging him to retire from the match. Nadal practiced today, but said the injury prevented him from serving effectively. Pablo, what are your thoughts on Nadal's decision? Tony, my first thought is that pain is probably not sufficient to describe what he's actually feeling right now. Because this is Rafa Nadal. I mean, he had a broken rib before the French Open. During the French Open, was dealing with his rare degenerative foot condition, which required all sorts of painkillers, won the French Open, and now he has this thing that's, yes, seven millimeters or so, but is clearly a tipping point beyond suffering, right? Because he has the most tolerance for pain and suffering of anybody in the sport, basically, Tony. So my first thought is, my God, this must be agony. So that's, it's interesting. My first thought was to go to the Grand Slam, which is so rarely ever done. It's winning all four majors in the same year. I, yeah, the last the man to slam. do this may have been Rod Laver. I mean, it's just, it's so long ago that he's already got the Australian and he's already got the French and he's unlikely to win on grass. It's not his best surface, but he's won Wimbledon before and he's in the semifinals. So the amount of pain to prevent him from trying from immortality must be mm. amazing. And my second thought yes. is about Novak Djokovic. Because <laughs> Novak Djokovic, I believe, will certainly get to the final. And now he's going to have a much easier match against Kyrgios than he would against Nadal and certainly far less dramatic. I mean, nobody likes Kyrgios, so people will be cheering for Djokovic, if Nadal was out there, as we have seen, everybody in the stadium, everybody everywhere would have been cheering for Nadal. Those were my first two thoughts in order. And the other part, is this a big deal, Pablo? Because Nadal is two majors up right now on Djokovic. If he mm-hmm. had beaten him here, then it's up three. And I don't think Djokovic ever catches him. But if Djokovic, who's not going to play in the U.S. Open because of vaccination rules, if he gets right. this one, then he's only one down. And then I think he passes him. I do. 
Yeah, this does feel like Nadal also conserving himself for the U.S. Open, trying to get that major, which Djokovic will not be at. It also feels like if we may spare a thought, Tony, we probably should for, you know, the guy that Nadal might have withdrawn against, retired against in that second set, right, yesterday? Like, Nadal, Tony, it was his dad, it was his sister, all saying, please stop playing. And if he had taken that advice, right, we would have gotten a match, Fritz, right, against against uh, Kyrgios, and now instead we Kyrgios. get, as you put it, the most hated final matchup, we presume, between Djokovic and Kyrgios, yes. I'll, I'll just say this, and you, you enumerated what's gone wrong with Nadal before. He's breaking it's down. Like, it's possible we're not going to see him again. This strikes me, this kind of injury, it's repetitive. It's like a hamstring. He's had it before, and it's come back. This, we right. may be seeing the last of him. I hope not. We may be. We move now. To Shohei Otani, having himself another fabulous performance. He pitched seven innings last night, gave up two hits, one unearned run, struck out 10 Marlins. Otani is now 5-0 and in his last five starts with a microscopic ERA of 0.27. He also had a two-run single, scored a run as the Angels finally won after four straight losses. Pablo, should Otani be the favorite for a second straight AL MVP? Of course he should, Tony. And you know that I am a Yankee homer, right? Aaron Judge may have 60 home runs. The Yankees might win 115 games. And yet still, I believe that Shohei Otani must be the MVP favorite. And I say that he must be the MVP favorite because he's making a mockery of the term valuable. Tony, if you have an OPS since like four weeks ago, that is three times higher than the allowed OPS of the batters that you are facing as a pitcher, yeah, you're probably the MVP. Like, what he does, Babe Ruth, we talk about Babe Ruth all the time as the analog for this. Babe Ruth never pitched at an all-star level and hit at an all-star level simultaneously. Shohei Otani is proving that this is just who he is now, and I don't know how he could possibly not give it to that guy. Okay, so, so I think that we could probably agree, so, since you've mentioned Aaron Judge, we could add Jordan Alvarez, and we could say these are the primary contenders for MVP as opposed to yep. Otani. That seems fair to me. And, and the case that I would make for either of them, and they have wonderful numbers. I'll just give you the numbers at the moment. Lots of numbers. Judge has 30 homers and 64 RBI now. Alvarez hit one today. He's got 26 homers, 59 RBI, and he's batting 313. And Pablo... The teams that they play for, the Yankees and the Astros, are number one and two in all of baseball. So I think right. you can honestly make the case that they may be more valuable to their teams because their teams are winning. As great as Otani is, he is not winning. But I will come back to this other question, which is, do they pitch? Because he pitches as well exactly. as hits. And he gives, them, <laughs> he gives them a greater chance to win. So if you ask me, what, what does Judge have to do for me to win? I say he has to hit 60. To me... 60 steroid-free is Mount Everest. What does Alvarez have to do? He has to win the Triple Crown the way that Vlad Guerrero Jr. almost won it last year. And at the moment, I believe he's something like seventh in batting, second in homers, and third in RBI. He's really good. But failing that, failing that, I give it oh. to Otani. Yeah, Tony, to me, what those guys have to do is throw an unhittable splitter that allows them to be better the second and third time through the batting order from atop the mound in ways that we don't see from pitchers in general. Otani is special as a pitcher, Tony. Like, the way that his yeah. stuff works, the way that he strategizes, right? 
When they see him the second, third time, he should be worse. He gets better. We saw that in this game. To me, it's not a question because those guys simply cannot do that on the level of basic categorization of what the job is that they do. But. By the way, he the also NBA. stole yeah. 10 bases so far. <laughs> also that. Also okay. stealing bases. Also being, yeah, yeah. a guy who is trapped yeah. on the Angels, yeah. which he can't single-handedly save. But the NBA, Tony, is where Zion Williamson and Rudy Gobert both met the media yesterday afternoon, speaking of individuals trying to save teams. Zion said that he's thrilled to be in New Orleans. Quote, I'm not going to let the Pelicans down. I'm not going to let my family down. I'm not going to let the city down. And most importantly, I'm not going to let myself down. End quote. Minnesota, meanwhile, saw Rudy Gobert say that his goal is to win a championship. So are you more bullish about Zion and the Pelicans or Rudy Gobert and the T-Wolves? So bullish is a relative term. Because as I sit here right now, I am probably more bullish on the Warriors, more bullish on the Nuggets, more bullish on the Mavericks, more bullish on the Suns, even more bullish on the Clippers than I am either of these two teams. And let me just say, for those people who remember what I say on this show, I was the idiot who said that Zion Williamson hated New Orleans and would never resign. So clearly I was (laughs) wrong. Okay, so let me me get to the issue. Noted. Zion has some very good help around him. He's got C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. But again, he's played, can I get the numbers correct here? 85 yeah, of 226 so games in New Orleans. So I'm sorry, I, I, I don't trust that. Um, Rudy Gobert has a very specific skill. He plays defense. That's important. When you talk about Zion Williamson, you're talking about dreams. When you talk about Rudy Gobert, you're talking about defense. Minnesota doesn't need offense. They were number one in the NBA in offense last year. They need exactly what Rudy Gobert supplies, and so I am more bullish on Minnesota, yes. So I think Minnesota, though, is still dreaming of a Rudy Gobert who won't get played off the floor in the playoffs, Tony, in the fourth quarter, because he is so good defensively, but so problematic as a fit offensively. That's still an issue in terms of where Rudy Gobert fits into like an NBA Finals hypothetical. But to me, the reason why I like the Pelicans in this question is because the Pelicans are trying to do a rare thing with credibility. They're trying to be a team that can win in the short term and in the long term. The T-Wolves, Tony, they're very clearly all about the present tense. They have an ownership group that is new. They have a general manager that is new. And my question for them is, when you trade four first-rounders and reset the market for a star like Rudy Gobert, a one-way star, arguably, like Rudy Gobert, is that because you have knowledge that no one else does? Or is that because you are desperate to win some sort of a press conference? And to me, that's what they're mortgaging. They're mortgaging the future for the press conference. New Orleans has a foundation. They have a GM. They have a roster that can play well into the future as well as right now. I would take a ring if I could get a ring. I think you always play to win now. I think in every sport, you should play to win now unless you don't have... The personnel to do that. I'll tell you what, what's interesting is what Brian Windhorst keeps talking about, that Kevin Durant may find himself in a place like New Orleans because they got a lot of draft choices. They have a Durant-like like player in Ingram. And they've yes. got a coach, Willie Green, who was close with Durant, you know, when they were both with the yep, Warriors. So if you tell me Durant's going there, I'm more bullish on them, obviously. Let's take a Fair. break. Coming up, will Baker Mayfield resurrect his career in Carolina? And which Chet Holmgren should we prepare to see in this regular season? I feel bad for Nadal. I, I feel bad for you Nadal. You love him. To have to and drop I feel bad out. For him too. 
I know. I know. So close. So close. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Electric e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, quote, I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old, unquote. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles per hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes, so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds, and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer, or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range, so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. It's time for Toss Up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show, then writes the 57th entry in his diary, about how much he likes working with Pablo, and that's true. What's first? <laughs> Toss-up, more likely to resurrect his career with his new team this season, Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz? So I want to say Wentz because I watch the Washington football team. I think McLaurin is a big-time receiver. But honestly, yeah. this is Wentz's third team in three years. He appears to be on a downhill trajectory Frank Reich was supposed to save him in Indianapolis, and he had good stats. He had 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. But they got rid of him, Pablo. It's impossible to read that any other way than that they know something and that something isn't good. So I will say Baker Mayfield, who I like, as you pointed out yesterday, because of the commercials that he does. And he's going Very to a team that. with an offensive coach, and Wentz is going to a team with a defensive coach. But to me, Tony, the question to ask here is which quarterback is going to get more patience? Who's going to have a longer leash? And to me, Baker Mayfield, as much as I have confidence in him relative to what he was in Cleveland, he got traded for a conditional fifth rounder, right? To me, he feels disposable. He's in a quarterback's room with Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, a rookie, you know, a guy who they clearly like on yeah. some level. And to me, they have a coach who might get fired. So that coach, Matt Rule, may say, if Mayfield's yeah. struggling early, Give us the next guy. Whereas in Carson Wentz, you know, the sunk cost fallacy is not a great thing to hang your hat on. But the fact is they traded two-thirds and swapped a second for him. Compared to Baker Mayfield on price tag, and given that Ron Rivera is not going anywhere, to me, I think Carson Wentz is going to get a longer leash. I, I agree completely with everything that you've said. They got rid of him in Indianapolis so quickly. That's such a bad sign. What's next? No Toss up. 
Better sign of things to come. Chet Holmgren's first summer league game or his second summer league game? <laughs> Let me be clear about this. I think Chet Holmgren's really talented. Again, he made threes. Again, he got blocks. He, he did those things. But Kenny Lofton Jr. bumped him and, and pushed him backwards and then scored at the rim, initiated contact and move him around. And Kenny Lofton Jr. is not the son of the football player. He's the Correct. son of a mailman, not the mailman, not Carl Malone. <laughs> Kenny Lofton Jr. is 6'7", 280. The other 280. kid is 190. 6'7", 280, pushed him around, and he's an undrafted free agent. So, Pablo, if Kenny Lofton Jr. can do that to him, what is a starting center in the actual NBA going to be able to do to him? He weighs 190. It's scary. So the best defense for Chet Holmgren here is that Kenny Lofton Jr. should have been drafted. Kenny Lofton Jr. was a good small college player. Where, Kenny Lofton one? Jr. Yeah, well, hold on. I mean, what we should establish here is that Kenny Lofton Jr. played in the under-19 World Cup with Chet Holmgren against France okay. in the final championship game, a team that had other top five picks on it, and he was the best player on the floor in the fourth quarter. He was bullying this new age, as we called him yesterday, skyscraper, who is thin but long and alien-like and promising. Kenny Lofton Jr., Tony, might be the solution to the NBA's problem in terms of genre. What do you need against the tall and thin? You need the broad and heavy. And to me, yeah. this was a Six, guy seven, who should be on a roster. 280. 280, yeah. yes. Let me tell you something. If I'm Oklahoma City, I'm trading for that guy right now. I want him with Holmgren <laughs> yeah, so that he can't back it. him down and score at the rim. That's it. Let's take one last break. Still to come, why are the Stanley Cup champs reportedly saying goodbye to their starting goalie? Why? And new Lakers coach Darvin Ham, Tony, says he has a plan for Russell Westbrook, so should we trust that process? How do you know so much about Kenny Lofton Jr.? How do you know oh, that? I oh, I watched him. I watched that. against Victor Wembanyama, the number one overall pick next year. He dominated him in the fourth quarter. And that's like the next LeBron. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 53rd birthday, Joe Sackett. The Hall of Fame center played 20 seasons in the NHL. Sackett came up with the Quebec Nordique 
and spent his first seven seasons there. Then Sackick went to Colorado where he played the rest of his career. Sackick was on two Stanley Cup winners in Colorado, the same Avalanche teams that earned Patrick Waugh two more rings that he could say were stuffed in his ears. In 2001, Sackick was the MVP of the league after scoring 54 goals and adding 64 assists. Now Sackick is the general manager in Colorado, and just last month, Colorado won the Stanley Cup. Sackick is following the path set by, among others, Jerry West with the Lakers and John Elway with the Broncos, winning championships for the same teams as a player and as an executive. Tony, this is the dragon that Michael Jordan is chasing. You know, an MVP, one of the greatest of all time, who also yes. wants to be in control. And Danny Ainge has done it. Joe Dumars has done it. Steve Eiserman has done it. But he has not. And that must be so frustrating because you look at a guy like Joe Sackett and you're like, man, why can't that be me? A not-so-happy anniversary, Andre Dawson. On this day, 35 years ago, the future Hall of Famer was drilled just above the left side of his mouth by a pitch from Padres starter Eric Schau. The gash required 21 stitches to close, and the Cubs believe that Shao beamed Dawson because of a home run Dawson hit off him earlier in the season and another one earlier in this game. The bench is cleared, and Rick Sutcliffe charged at Shao. The rest of the story is that the Cubs' starter that day was a struggling rookie named Greg Maddox, who was told he needed to win this game or he would be sent down. After being tossed, Sutcliffe told Maddox, you're winning the game. Get through the fifth inning before you ever think of retaliating. But Maddox had none of that. He drilled Padres catcher Benito Santiago in the fourth and was ejected immediately. Maddox got a no decision and a trip to the minors. We all know Maddox made it back up. But after that, Dawson never missed a game that Maddox pitched. Tony, I could sing the praises of Greg Maddox. I just want to refer back to the name you mentioned before. This is Benito Santiago, the same Benito Santiago who I would ro- presumably watch for the next like 18 years. This happened in like 86. That yeah. dude was playing in 05. That is amazing. Benito Santiago, one in the yeah. same. Played a long time. Happy trails to Darcy Kemper. TSN reports that the starting goalie for the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche is out and headed for free agency. Kemper's 32. He went 37-12-4 in the regular season and 10-4 and in the playoffs. He allowed just over two and a half goals per game throughout. He got pulled in game three of the final, but bounced back to outplay Andre Vasilevsky in the game six clincher. To fill Kemper's slot, the Avalanche traded for 26-year-old Alexander Georgiev of the Rangers, who gave up close to three goals per game in his 33 appearances with the Blue Shirts last season. Georgiev backed up Vesna Trophy winner Igor Shosturkin <laughs> and stopped giving me these names. This is a spelling bee type run from you, Tony, in this show. I just want to point out that this is the unromantic aspect of winning a championship, right? Specifically in the NHL. Congratulations. Thank you so much for your service. And also now you're too expensive for us to contend again next year. So we're just going to let you go. Sorry, but, you know, we appreciate you. That is Wilbon's position completely on hockey. I mean, he attaches it to the Blackhawks, of course, who he loves. But he says in hockey that you can't keep the team around. The costs are such you cannot do it. So maybe Wilbon's right about that one. Let us go to the big finish. Anz Jabour and Elena Rybikina (laughs) will face each other in the Wimbledon Women's Final. Are you intrigued by that? How is my pronunciation? Excellent A, but B, we're a big Rybikina household because my college freshman year roommate was from Kazakhstan. Kwanish Batrbekov. So yeah, we're rooting for her. Lakers coach Darvin Ham tells Anscape, meanwhile, that he's a plan for Russell Westbrook. That includes starting. Are you surprised? 
Am I on the moon here? This guy is a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> he gets triple doubles all the time. Adjust to him. Are you people crazy? Paolo Bancaro against Jabari Smith in Summer League tonight. I'll bet you'll watch, and I'll bet you're excited. You're right, honestly, on both of those bets, and I just laugh at how the Orlando Magic must be feeling watching Chet Holmgren get discussed on PTI two days in a row. But the Grizzlies have signed guard John Conchar to a three-year, $19 million contract extension. Tony, tell us about that guy. I know nothing about him. The prompter says he was undrafted out of Purdue-Fort Wayne and he averaged 4.8 points per game off the bench last year. John Konkak, I know, not this guy. Last one. <laughs> NHL draft tonight. Who goes number one to the Canadiens? Shane Wright is the name that I have learned. That's the name that I am saying. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. And please check out ESPN Daily wherever you get, uh, you know, really good podcasts. And now here's SportsCenter. What, I don't have a podcast? What, I'm chopped liver? Really? It's fine. It's a good Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Electric e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, quote, I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. Unquote. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles per hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes, so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds, and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer, or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range, so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.